sometimes we have these dreams and these aspirations that we look toward, but we don't really know the gravity of what we could accomplish. Mm. But just like you said, just taking those little steps in the right direction, making those right decisions, putting ourselves toward the right thing, the thing that we're dreaming about. One day you may look up and be like, wow, not only did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, I've accomplished so much more than I even dreamed possible back when I was this little mind thinking like that dream in 10 years is where I want to see myself. Really, you can accomplish so much Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible human being, an entrepreneur, a business leader, a community activist, an author, a speaker, somebody who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you, the listener, that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Noelle Jett. She is the creative force behind the popular Jet Set Farmhouse, which you may have seen on Instagram or TikTok. And that is where she and her husband, Daniel, along with their four children, soon to be five, share their lives, DIY tips, cleaning and organization hacks, recipes, homeschooling advice, and their home building journeys with their millions of followers. In her debut book, From the Ground Up, Building a Dream House and a Beautiful Life Through Grit and Grace, Noelle tells her incredible life story of growing up in an impoverished family with extremist religious beliefs breaking free from the shackles of her past and building a life that she loves. The book shares the story of how she and her husband, Daniel, built their dream house with their own hands and the help of savvy social media marketing. She is an incredible human being. She is somebody who I just really wanted to hear more of her story. And, you know, I've seen her videos on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. We've had this conversation, but I just really wanted to to hear more, you know, a little bit of the behind the scenes and get to know the person behind the videos that so many of us see on Instagram and also just learn more of her story. And her latest book from the ground up is just beautiful. Both the words, the images is just incredible. So you need to pick it up. I know that you're going to love this conversation. But before Before I get to my conversation with Noelle, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Now listen, if you have been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know my unending, undying love for Mama Suds. Not only are they safe and non-toxic products that I can clean my home with, but they are effective. And let me tell you, I have a personal testimonial for their new non-toxic stain stick. I have a young six-year-old son who is very active and loves to play outside. We live in North Carolina and we have that red clay, that red mud dirt that stains everything. And my son was playing outside the other day and of course was wearing his brand new shirt that I had just gotten him and he got red mud clay all over it. And I just immediately was like, no because it was, you know, the brand new shirt. So I immediately brought it inside. I pre-treated it with the Mama Suds stain stick, did a load of laundry with the Mama Suds laundry soap, and boom, it came out looking arguably better than when I first bought it. So I'm just saying the stain stick works. And 
all of their other products, the Castile soap, the laundry soap, the stain stick, the all-purpose household cleaner. They all work. They're amazing. And I absolutely love them. So what you need to do is go to mamasuds.com and use the code Molly for 15% off. That's mamasuds.com. Use the code Molly for 15% off. Now on to my conversation with Noel Jett. Noel, I'm so excited to have you. I already feel like uh, we've been talking for just a few minutes before we were recording and I already feel like we're friends. So I feel like the next <laughs> 30 to 45 minutes is going to be so much fun. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute honor to be here and I'm so excited to chat with you and share more of our story. <laughs> I Okay, well, I want to just jump right in. So give us the Noel 101. So who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. So our Jet Set Farmhouse story began a little over four years ago, as far as the world is concerned. Of course, all the really hard stuff and all the craziness that happened before that, you know, got us to where we are, but nobody sees that part. They just see what, you know, where we started four years ago. So my husband, when I met him, told me he had always dreamed of building his own house. Like that was just something he had wanted to do since high school. And we actually later on found a paper that said three goals for my life, get married, have lots of children, which number five is on the way. So that one's coming true and to build his house with his own hands. So I loved it. I thought that was a fabulous idea. My dad was a big DIY person and I've always loved, you know, working with my hands and figuring things out. So I said, let's make that a life goal. So for the next seven years, we looked for land, planned this build, worked on our business to the point it could sustain a build. And in March of 2018, we closed on our construction to permanent loan and we were getting ready to break ground. Now, this was going to be a build that was very, you know, hands on DIY, like repurposing materials anything we could do just to get this house finished. Even if we moved in and, you know, it took us an extra five years to get it finished. We were okay with that. Like we just want to get this house built and make this happen. Well, right as we were about to close on the loan, I stumbled upon another lady who had built a very similar house. And she shared that she'd been sharing this whole journey on Instagram. And mind you, at this point, I had no idea what influencer marketing social media marketing. Like I had no idea what, like these influencers, no clue whatsoever. But I look on her Instagram and she has 20,000 followers. And all she had done is share construction pictures. And I thought, I mean, I, I could do that. And we're going to be doing the work ourselves. So maybe that would be an interesting twist that not everyone is doing. So Jet Set Farmhouse was born. I had no idea what, what was in store for me, where we were headed, what opportunities that was going to open for us. But I just took a leap of faith and began this journey. Well, fast forward to July of 2018, and I received a message from a door company. And they said, would you be interested in letting us put doors on your house in exchange for some pictures? And of course, Daniel and I kind of look at each other like, is this a scam? Like, is this, you know, what what is this exactly? But I talked to them. It was a very legitimate company based here in Florida. You know, it's a Masonite subsidiary, a very big company. And obviously that completely changed the way we were thinking about our build. So instead of just repurposing secondhand DIYs, everything cheap, 
how could we utilize this newfound platform to build this house that we are envisioning? So that became my goal. Grow this platform, provide as much value as I could to my audience, really connect with people while also reaching out to as many brands as possible and trying to make this house, you know, something way bigger than we would have ever dreamed possible. We ended up partnering on over $500,000 worth of materials wow. and deals with different brands and went from a house that we thought may take us five years to finish to something that ended up like truly being book magazine worthy the moment we moved in. So completely changed the trajectory of our lives, where we were headed, what we were doing with our lives, and just set us onto the path that has led to this conversation we are having today. That is such a cool story. And I know that, and we'll, we're going to get dive into you know more of that. Um, but one of the things that I think that's really cool and that I know about you and your husband in general is that this was really something that wasn't, it didn't just happen overnight. And I love that you kind of mentioned that as you know, a lot of people see, oh, the four years of, of work. Um, but really, it's a the story goes way deeper than that. And I think that that is so inspirational for people who might have a dream and have a vision. And you know, uh, for me and my family, I mean, we moved. Um, so we live on a farm and um, we did not build our house. We did renovate some of it. But um, <laughs> but that was, you know, f- our farm was a 10 year prayer in the making. You know, it was just something when my husband and I were engaged. We talked about wouldn't it be cool if one day we have a farm, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it was always 10 years down the road, 10 years down the road, 10 years down the road. And all of a sudden we got 10 years down the road and we were like, oh, I think we could, I think we could probably do this. And um you know, so I mean, it really was like, just constant, like, work and prayer and focus. And um, so I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about that backstory, um, you know, and especially your backstory, um, that kind of goes in a lot of ways, like as a child, you know, the life you live now is not really what you would have dreamed of. (laughs) And so what is that? What does that look like? Absolutely not. So I actually grew up in Southwest Missouri in a very poverty-stricken part of the country. And to add to the poverty, there was religious constraints. My dad was an associate pastor at a, I call it a cult, it, it, at best, maybe at worst, is more of just like a really, really re- extremist religious church. We were required to go to the school there. So basically set, well, six days a week, you were just completely indoctrinated in this church's extremist beliefs. And you were completely sheltered from the outside world. So you weren't allowed to have friends, even time with our family, like our grandparents, cousins, that was all very sheltered, very limited, because they didn't want that worldly influence on our lives. So I only knew this very small community. And I only knew what poverty looked like. Like I truly had no idea that there was even more that life could offer. Mm. The only taste that I ever got was my grandmother. And she had this old Victorian home. And I would sit out on her big front porch on the porch swing. And she always had a stack of magazines. So like Better Homes and Gardens, Country Living, you know, all those kind of magazines. And I would just flip through them and look at these things like, you know, how is that even possible? It just felt so surreal to me. But that just gave me enough of a taste of what was out there and just lit this little fire in me, even though I had no idea what eventually it would lead to or the opportunities that would come our way. 
just that little spark was enough to light me in life and give me the passion and the strength to push through all the obstacles and never give up, even when it was hard, even when times were so challenging, even when Daniel and I just looked at each other like, what have we got ourselves into? <laughs> like, you know, how the bank is over here on the phone, like, you know, this, this needs to be done. And we work in from sun up to sundown seven days a week for 18 months. Like even in those darkest times, I was able to pull from that strength and push through and achieve something greater than anything I would have ever fathomed possible, which I think is such a good thing to think about is sometimes we have these dreams and these aspirations that we look toward, but we don't really know the gravity of what we could accomplish. Mm. But just like you said, just taking those little steps in the right direction, making those right decisions, putting ourselves toward the right thing, the thing that we're dreaming about. One day you may look up and be like, wow, not only did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, I've accomplished so much more than I even dreamed possible back when I was this little mind thinking like that dream in 10 years is where I want to see myself. Really, you can accomplish so much more. I think there's a lesson to be learned from one of the things that you mentioned is just, you know, sitting those moments on the front porch with your grandmother and looking at those magazines and the tiny, tiniest seed that was planted and just One, looking for those small little details that often, you know, might seem insignificant, like maybe that moment just on paper, sitting on a front porch, looking at some magazines with a grandmother, like might seem insignificant, but like that little tiny moment, I believe um, that, you know, God puts those little moments in our lives because he's just planting those little seeds, those that who knows what they will turn into who knows what will water that seed of vision of hope of dreams of uh, belief whatever it is and you know your grandmother too whether she knew it or not her time with you her intentionality with you and giving you something uh to focus on um i just think that's really powerful and i don't know if that's something that you know i just would be curious as you look back on those moments and you kind of think about your life now how do you take those moments that you experienced and then also think about how can you maybe be the seed planter in your own children or your friends' kids or you know your future grandkids? Um, yes. Have you thought about that? Absolutely. I think about that all the time. And that is why I am such an intentional mother and intentional friend to my children's friends. Like my oldest daughter is 16. So mm-hmm. she has, you know, all her little friends come over. And they find themselves confiding in me. Like they, I can't not tell you how many times they pulled me into the room. Like, Hey, can we have a conversation with you? Because we can't talk to our mom about this, but we just want to share this with you and get your advice and get your opinion. Mm. So I try to be very intentional and let them know that I am available for that. I am here for you. I am your biggest fan, your biggest cheerleader. And you can come to me no matter how difficult you think it is, no matter how challenging I'm not going to have a reaction. I'm not going to freak out at you. I'm not going to panic. Um, I'm going to be a stable, like able source to help you through whatever it is you're going through. And like I said, not just for my kids, but for anyone in our lives. And that's how she was to me. And I want to make sure that I have that available to anyone that comes into our life. 
Oh, that's so important. And I, I mean, that's some, that's a lesson I took from my own mom. My, my own mom was the kind of woman who every single one of my friends when I was growing up called her mom and, you know, and that was, um, a lesson that like I took from her and try to be that for my, my kids' friends as well. And, and I've, you know, just in conversations with my own kids, I always say like, no question is off limits. Like, you know, I'm, I'll answer things, even if, you know, if it's uncomfortable or if I don't know the answer, like we'll find out together or, you know, or something like that. Like I want to be the trusted source um, because the moment that you break that trust between your children or your spouse or, uh, you know, your grandkids or kids, friends, whatever it is, that is where those, those chasms begin to grow in relationships, in um, trust. And then eventually those relationships, like those people are going to go find that information or go find what they need elsewhere. (laughs) I don't want that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I want to be the source. I want to be the safe place that they can come to no matter what is going on in their lives. Yeah. I'm curious for you, and I'd love if you feel comfortable sharing this, um, because I know that faith is a, a big part of your life and your family's life. But, you know, going from the upbringing that you had to, you know, creating a relationship with the Lord that is yours now, that is, you know, your own faith and built on your own um, uh, relationship and your, that, that foundation. Um, what has that journey looked like for you? I think the key word that you said twice there is relationship instead of being about rules and regulations and living this legalistic life that is based on my perfectionism and following all these set standards. And my biggest concern in life being what other people think about me and how I'm living up to this standard of living. Cause that was what was the most important thing. You were not valuable. You were not worthy of love unless you could attain this standard of living. So instead of working on my heart and working on, you know, my inner being and trying to truly become the best version of myself possible, I just learned to put on a good front Mm -hmm. and I learned how to make people think everything was great. And I can follow these rules and I can follow these regulations, but it was never a heart thing. It was just a performance. So as I learned that that is not what it is about at all, which, you know, it took me a good decade of really floundering and really trying to figure myself out. And, you know, I, what, what are my morals? What do I believe in? If, you know, pants aren't a sin, if showing my shoulders isn't a sin, then what is a sin? What is good? What is bad? Like, where do I truly want, who do I truly want to be? And who do I want my children to be? Mm. So with my own children, I teach them more about your personal responsibility, your personal feelings and your heart. And, you know, just being the person that you were meant to be for your own sake, for God's sake, not because you want to make me happy, not because you want to you know, write down on a piece of paper, like these are the godly things I have accomplished, but rather when you lay your head on the pillow at, at the end of the day, you know, in your heart of hearts that you're living for the right reasons and the decisions that you're making are for the right reasons, not because of me, because, you know, as well as I know, I maybe not, maybe because of how I was raised is different, but <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're alone and you're in a situation, if you're not 
if you don't think maybe your mom's going to find out, you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway, right? Like that's kind of the thing we've learned about teenagers is if they're given the opportunity, they're going to do what they want to do, right? So instead of doing it just to make me happier, because I'm going to find out, find your own way in life and your own reason for making those decisions and what you feel God would have you to do and just working on being that best person and just thinking about the future and who do I want to be in the future and what kind of wife do I want to be? What kind of marriage do I want to have? And we just have these long, very in-depth conversations. Like my husband sometimes looks at me like, can't believe you have these conversations with our daughter. You're like, these are really deep conversations. I'm like, this is what I want to have. These these are the things I want them thinking about Mm -hmm. as they head into the future. And our oldest has a boyfriend now, you know, so the conversations that we've had regarding that relationship, it's just all about that personal responsibility and that personal relationship, Mm -hmm. not rules and regulations that I have given them. Yeah. That's such that that's a hard lesson for grownups to learn. (laughs) It really is. It truly is. And I think maybe mine was catapulted to a deeper level just because of how I was raised. And because I did live for so long, just worried about opinions and not really making decisions because of what I felt. Um, So maybe it pushed me beyond a boundary that most people would ever find themselves against. But I now try to take that and use it to teach my kids and like throughout what, you know, I have a very big audience that is like 13 to 18 year olds. And I try my best to share that with them as well. Yeah. I'm curious for you. And I'm forgive me for like this question probably being like not worded super great. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like word sh- workshopping it as it comes out. So, you know, I'm curious for you as your view your kind of understanding of who God is and who God, um, what God is about your view of him as a child. And, you know, because one of the things that I think is really fascinating, and this is just conversations. And I I think I'm asking this question because I'm just kind of, it's kind of top of mind because I've had this conversation with a few people recently of just who struggled with separating God from the the things that they were taught um in that that they saw god as this um you know dictator as uh mean as uh you know against having fun whatever it you know what i mean like just a variety of different things of just seeing god as this big in the sky thing that is just constantly telling you why you're a terrible person and why you're never going to measure up and yada, yada, yada. And then until having that moment where you're able to separate who God is and his character and who he he really is from what a person or a parent or a pastor or somebody lied to you and told you that God is. Does that make sense? And so that separating the the two, um, which is a challenge. And there are a lot of people who have walked away from the church altogether. And the reason that they've walked away is not because of God, but because of people and who they feel like God is because of people. Yes. And the way that they have manipulated yes. it and used yes. him to, for their own gain, for their yes. own control, for their own reasons. Absolutely. So I think for me, probably the biggest aha moment or the biggest turnaround was when I hit rock bottom as a person, I had gone through a divorce. I was, you know, like for where, how I had been raised, I was at rock bottom. 
And as I recovered from that and, you know, found my husband, my current husband and built our relationship and found like this all encompassing love that I had never known in my life. Mm. This love that said, you've made mistakes. You've, you know, gone down the wrong path. You've done things that, you know, your church would consider you, you know, bound straight for hell now because of these decisions that you've made. And I still love you and I still accept you and you still have value and worth. And seeing that love played out in real life in a way I had never seen before mm. totally reshaped the way that I saw God. And not just in my husband, but also his his parents and his family and um, this whole new set of people that had come into my life and just showed me this new way of love that I had just never seen. Mm. And as I grew in that love and gained confidence that my value was not, you know, ascribed to my behavior, to my actions, to the things that I do to, you know, glorify the church. Mm. As I learned that it completely changed the way that I saw God and the way that he, he loved me through it. Like he didn't turn his back on me when I was at my lowest, he was still there for me. He provided for me. My husband came into my life, you know, like all these things happened. It was like, well, that's not what the church taught me. Mm. The church taught me that when I made these decisions and when these things happened, I was done. God washed his hands of me. Like, you know, you turn your back so many times and God's just done with you. But that's not what happened. He still showed me love. He showed me grace. He showed me mercy. He brought me to a place that I had never imagined in a million years would be a place my life would be. And that's totally contrary to what I was taught. So how could those two things align? And I'm a very logical person. (laughs) So I can look at those two facts and say, okay, this is obviously not the God that I know and love. And as you reread the Bible and as you relearn Christianity without the lens of those type of churches, you realize that he is love mm-hmm. and he is goodness. And he wants all to come to repentance. Like that is what God is. And he loves us just the way we are. And he wants the best for us. And it's a loving, wonderful relationship versus one full of fear and judgment. Mm. Such a good answer. Thank you for uh, humoring my question that I workshopped while I was <laughs> I was just like, I have a way to ask this, but I'm not sure exactly. So just work with me here. Um, okay. So let's turn the tables a little bit uh, and talk about your new book. So congratulations. Yes. Um, the fact that you are pregnant with a fifth child and also birthed a book baby is uh, pretty incredible. Um, also, I mean, we won't, we don't have to get into this too much, but I, I know that you also struggled with infertility, which, you know, is, is obviously something that so many women uh, can relate to. And um, so I know that that journey to motherhood was not easy for you. And um, so congratulations just on all of those things and, and just what an incredible accomplishment, what a big deal it is. Um, so talk about your book from the ground up and uh, what's, you know, give us the, give us the elevator pitch, but more than that, <laughs> a little bit more to it, but more than so that. So from the ground up basically gives my life story using the house that we built as a metaphor. So different stories, different things that we learned throughout the building of the house. And we relate those back to stories, um, in my past and in my, even in my current life, even growing social media and utilizing it to um, build a brand and to build the house but also things like overcoming your past, finding healing, dealing with depression, 
dealing with infertility, like all the different things that I've overcome in my life and just gives the lessons that I have learned and the strength that I have gleaned from those lessons and just shares them using the whole house as a story for it's kind of an example of it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So tell us, um, you know, obviously no spoilers, but is there a part in particular that while you were building the house, because obviously I know that, you know, as somebody who is um, on a journey to also write a book, uh, writing a book is a lifelong process. And um, there's a whole lot that goes into it before you're actually sitting down and, and typing. Is there a, a particular part of the book or a particular part of your story or a particular part of the house building process that was uh, your favorite to, to just this was the part that you were just like, my, the words are coming. It's this is you're fired up. You're just the 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 creative juices are flowing. Or maybe it's just a, a you know, a light bulb moment while you're writing where you're just like, oh, yes, this is it. <laughs> There were just so many. I can't, I don't know that I can think of just one. There were just so many different ones, but there's one that comes to the top of my mind. And this is going to make me cry because I'm already tearing up thinking about it. Mm. But I was talking in there about how I used to have these dreams about, I didn't finish high school because I graduated high school at 16. So I kind of, you know, left home, got out of there. And I'd have these dreams that like I hadn't finished high school or I was finally graduating from college, which I never actually did. And I would have these dreams, just constant, constant, constant. And when I was writing the book, I was talking with Melissa Ferguson, my co-author about it. And I said, you know what, though? I haven't had those dreams in a while. And she was like, that is because you felt like you weren't enough then. And now you have built something and you feel complete and you feel, you don't feel like you're lacking anymore. And I bet you that's why those dreams stopped. And I had never thought about Mm. it until that moment. And I was like, you're right. You're right. Like I, I, all the things that you and I just talked about, like feeling unworthy, feeling like I needed to perform and do all these things to be worthy. I had found peace and those dreams stopped. And I thought that was just such a powerful thing that I had not even realized on my own until we were writing the book. Wow. Yeah, that is really powerful. And I mean, I'm somebody too, who has been affected by dreams over the years and that there's, you know, particular dreams that stuck, stick with you or recurring dreams, or I don't know, did you ever have the dreams where like, I mean, I guess yours is kind of my similar one was like, where I would have an exam or something like a test <laughs> and then I didn't study for it. And then I'm just like <laughs> frantically freaking out or I have a paper due. <laughs> Why? Why? Same concept. Same concept. Why? 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 Those dreams are terrible. Absolutely. Or, or like you have a flight that you are going to miss and then you have it packed and uh, you oversleep. I don't know. Anyway, you're like yeah. complete nightmares. That's the mom brain in us, like overthinking everything. Oh, <laughs> one million percent is absolutely yeah. that. Um, I see that my 13 year old daughter, she's 13 and she already thinks like I do. And she, her and her little sister were packing for camp yesterday. We don't leave till Sunday. And they're both completely packed and ready to go. And I'm like, she she is my child. They are on it. They are on it. Okay. So talk about um, what was something in the house building process? Because again, this was a project that you and your husband took on yourselves, which I cannot imagine. I cannot fathom that. And I realize that that's not unheard of. Um, And I always think about, um, like when I hear about people, you know, building their own houses um, and I think of, my husband's 
paternal grandfather like built the house that um his my husband's dad grew up in and um but you know it was like the 50s and so it was you know bricks and that's pretty much it. there wasn't a whole lot to it yeah 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 and um but still I think it's just incredible um but I would I'm curious for you you know you guys set out to do this on yourself was there anything throughout the process that just really surprised you that maybe you thought, oh, this is going to be, this part's going to be easy. And it was way more difficult than you anticipated. So what was that moment for me was the framing. Cause we actually originally did not plan on framing it ourselves. Like we had planned on hiring that part out and just through a chain of events ended up doing the framing ourselves. And we were working on the floor joy system and my husband says, I'm exaggerating this, but I swear I'm not. <laughs> he, he, he has done like flooring and like finished type work for most of his adult life. So he knows how important the, the structure is to the end result, right? Yes. Like he knows, like when I go to lay that flooring, I want this floor system perfect. But he had in his head that like, this needs to be Perfect. Not knowing that really in the framing world, you know, a little bit here and there is okay. It's not the finished product. So we're putting these floor joists in and he has his level out there and we would be out there all day long and have moved like five feet. And I'm looking (laughs) at this whole house thinking to myself, like, this is going to take forever. This is impossible. There is no way we're going to be able to frame this entire house by ourselves if he is putting this kind of effort into every <laughs> single board, like I'm thinking, you know, like this is a two story, 3,700 square foot house. That's a lot of boards, a lot of walls. If he's going to put this much effort into every single one, we're going to be out here forever. And I, I didn't think it was ever going to get done, <laughs> but it did. And we're here to talk about it. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I love that. And I definitely have had those moments where just you're working on some project and maybe there's a particular piece of a project, whether it's, you know, you're building something, you're renovating something, you're fixing something, you're writing something, whatever it is. And you're at that point where it's like these meticulous details and you just look and it just feels like you are staring at Mount Everest. (laughs) It's what I, I always use this as a good analogy for motherhood. Like you get in the day-to-day monotony. Yes. Like you just get wrapped up in these little things with laundry and dishes and food and, you know, the same repetition every single day. And you can just get so lost right here in this moment and totally lose sight of this big picture that happens. Like you said, 10 years, it goes by like that. It goes by like that. And focusing on the bigger picture instead of letting ourselves get lost in these tiny little moments is just so important. What do you hope for the person that picks up your book? What do you hope they walk away feeling or learning or connecting with? The biggest thing is truly knowing in your heart of hearts that you can accomplish more than you ever dreamed possible. Mm. And I think we limit ourselves. I think we put boundaries on ourselves or how we were raised or what our parents have accomplished or what maybe even those in our community are accomplishing. And we think, well, I'm never going to be more than this because Mm. of these limitations I'm putting really on myself. And I I was guilty of this. And that's why I say this from firsthand experience. I was very guilty of that. And if someone had said to me, then, you know what I'm saying now, I probably, I don't know that I would have believed them. I don't know. Like I always thought like someone was handed something I wasn't, or someone was given opportunities I wasn't. But now knowing that we have truly 
open these doors for ourselves and put ourselves in the right positions to be there when the opportunities arose and nothing was handed to us, nothing was given to us, nothing was like no special box arrived one day with like, here, here's just that farmhouse and it's going to change your life. Like it was the hard work. It was, you know, the opportunities, it was all the things that combined together to accomplish something. Hmm. And anyone can do that. It may, your path's going to look different than mine. Obviously your goals are different. The things you want to accomplish are different, but no matter what set of tools you've been handed in life, you can take them and build something so great. Mm, I love that. And that's such a, I think, a message for so many people today is because, you know, I, I think the pandemic just in general, I've seen so many people that have started businesses or have decided, you know what, I'm going to go for that dream or I'm going to you know, quit that job and I'm going to start my own company or I'm going to move to a farm, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And I think maybe being on social media, I kind of have this like cool view into so many people like that. And I'm just cheering them on, like, get it. I'm so proud of all these women and people that I see accomplishing these just things that like our parents didn't have these opportunities. Our parents didn't have the abilities that we have today. And yeah. I just love seeing all these women accomplishing just so many amazing things. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Okay. So before we get to get the get to know you round, uh, Noelle, how can people best connect with you? And obviously everyone should go buy your book, which again, congratulations. I'm just so excited for you and I cannot wait to read it myself. Um, but where can people best connect with you and follow you and see all of the beautiful things um, that you share? We are Jet Set Farmhouse on all platforms. I love it. I love it. Okay. Ground up. We are, oh yes. And your book from the ground up. Yes. Everybody go get it right now. Okay. So now is the portion of the show where we ask some fun get to know you questions. So Noelle, are you ready for the get to know you round? Hopefully. Okay. (laughs) Question number one is what is your current guilty pleasure? I am six months pregnant. So (laughs) (laughs) this is going to sound weird, but Malden sea salt on like anything, like some good bread with some yummy butter and some sea salt flakes. Like, yes. It's so (laughs) good. Yes. Okay. So my sister gave me a little container of Malden sea salt flakes and I'd never heard of it. I was like, what is this? And she was like, just trust me. And so, uh, yes, I love to sprinkle it on everything. Um, my, me and my daughter really love edamame. <laughs> so we'll, oh, yeah. we'll make edamame and put Malden sea salt flakes on there. And oh, it's so good. So good. Do you like sea salt caramel, like little caramels? Ooh. A little bit of Malden to that. All right. Okay. Pro tip, pro pro tip. Love it. All right, doing that next. I'm really hungry now because it's almost lunchtime. So I'm probably going to go get some of that. Okay, uh, question number two. Uh, what is your favorite book that you read recently? Oh, goodness. What have I read recently? I'm trying, hold on, I'm holding my phone. No, you're good. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Hold on. I just downloaded Where the Crowd Out Scene because I'm excited about that. Oh, so good. Can't wait to watch that one. Okay. It was, oh, um, Nightingale, Nightingale, the Nightingale. <gasps> By Kristen Hanna? Yes. Yes. So good. Love. I am a sucker for historical fiction, especially World War II. Oh, love it. Okay. If you love World War II historical fiction, like I do, and the last, I think I would say, like it was like a year ago, I went through a kick where I read 
like nine different historical fiction World War II books. Um, highly recommend if you have not read it, the Tattooist of Auschwitz series. I, I yes, I read. Did you I, read Silka's Journey and then the Three Sisters? Yes. Oh yes. my gosh! Yes, I read. I read probably there's not going to be many that you mentioned that I probably have <laughs> yeah okay all right so we clearly think, like the same type of when books I was a kid you know of course we were only allowed to read like what was in our little school's library but one of the books was The Hiding Place by Cora Ten Boom oh yes I loved that book as a child and that probably instilled this love of World War II historical fiction in yes me. <laughs> I love it fiction obviously but yes I love it I yeah okay so we have the same taste in books so that yeah. also yeah Okay. Um, all right. What is on your most played playlist on Spotify or Apple music or wherever? What, what's, what's, what That's are you listening to? One. Anything Taylor Swift. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. I've raised a couple of little Swifties around here. So that's actually, my husband has a rule in his truck, no Taylor Swift, because he gets so tired of that's all we play. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Big fan. Um, okay. If you woke up tomorrow and you had to pursue a totally different career for no bad reason, you just, you had to per- pursue something totally different. What would you do for a living? Hmm. I would probably be a chef. Ooh. Okay. Do you have a particular type of uh, culinary delights that you enjoy? <laughs> I mean, I was raised down home, like Southern. So, I mean, anything like just down home, feel good, like comfort food is mm. my kind of specialty. I... So nothing fancy, nothing like five star, anything like that. It is all, but it will fill your belly, like some homemade rolls and mm. some homemade egg noodles with some chicken noodle soup, anything like that. I got oh, to. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You should have like a little comfort food restaurant. Yes. Yes. I would absolutely go there. <laughs> okay. And then my last question is the question that I ask all my guests. And that is, Noel, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Mm, just keeping in mind why, my why, and not getting lost in all those mundane details and all the craziness that happens on the day in and the day out, but just remembering the why and stopping to enjoy the why, because the why is my children and my mm. family. So making sure I don't get so caught up in everything that's happening that I forget that why. And I really make time to enjoy them. Oh, that's so good. Yes. I, I would second that. Absolutely. Um, and you are somebody who absolutely does that. And just anybody who comes across you, whether it's in person or on social media or here over zoom, um, just can see how that is, um, just, you're just so genuine and just come from such a place of love and, uh, generosity and, Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for uh, what you put out into the world and how you encourage um, so many women to, uh, to, to dream big and to you know, pursue those visions that they, um, that they have for their families and their lives. Well, thank you so much. That like, means a lot to me that you can see those things even just over a computer. And I'm just very thankful and honored to be in this position and to be able to share our light and our lives with the world. I knew you guys were going to love that conversation with Noelle. She is just such a sweetheart. She's amazing. Go follow uh, Jet Set Farmhouse on Instagram if you do not already. 
Be sure to tune in next week. Next week is a deep conversation. Ooh, man, it's deep. My guests are David Ashcraft and Dr. Rob Skasel, and they are the authors of a new book called What Was I Thinking? And it's we're talking all about when we make risk-based decisions and how we we don't we don't want to make poor decisions that end up saying where we end up saying, what was I thinking? Or what was that person thinking? We really dive deep into, you know, some of the psychology behind when when these, you know, maybe big church leaders or, or famous people make these poor decisions. And we just go, what were they thinking? We talk all about that. We, we dive into both the biblical aspect of it, but also the psychological aspect of it. Oh, it was such a good conversation. So you do not want to miss it. But as always, I want to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to visit the archives for so many incredible shows with amazing people who are changing the world. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Thank you for your support. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Click that subscribe or follow button because that helps to make sure you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how this show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.